Brandi kitete le brandoshkatai. Zamando shakai la bradoska ikando shade loboshkatai. Good evening and welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the quorum. Welcome to place where we come and get equipped. As we gather today, let's just welcome the Holy Spirit. Let's beckon him. Let's call on him to take his place in our hearts, to sit on our seat of appetite. You are welcome, Holy Spirit. Come. Come, O oh Lord. Come. Visit us, O oh Lord. Visit us in our homes. Now, embassies and our clusters, wherever we are joining. Lord, we are expecting a transaction in the spirit. We come, O oh God, to continue our equipping. We come, O oh Lord, because we believe and we know that we are to be enlisted in your end time army. Lord, we just worship you. We give you thanks and we give you praise. We give you thanks and we give you praise. You are awesome. You are majestic. You are splendor. You are great and you are greatly to be praised. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We bless your name, O oh Lord. We bless your name. Shakada Barokota. Sibato Labrandi Katada Boshkatai. Labrandi Katabo Shatabaraba Shadadaba Shadadabokota. Father, we give you thanks, O oh Lord, because you are the great I am. You are Echo I me. You will be who you will be. You never change. You are immortal, unchangeable, the only most high and wise God, invisible, hidden from our eyes. Yet all creation declares your glory. Declares your glory, O oh Lord. Manda kadai labra sotai libra ikadaba shandabai. Labrande katapapapa, your kingdom come, your kingdom, as we have learned, Lord, your kingdom is not about the physical location, it's about the systems and the economy of heaven, or oh, to replace the systems of the kingdom of darkness. Labra ikabadoshkatai, labra kata, we engage your basilia. We engage, O oh God. Manda kadala brashata kita. We engage, we transact, O oh God. Libra kata. We say, stir, stir within us, O oh God. Stir up the living waters. We stand on the rock of habitation, the rock of salvation. Makadabashadala Christ Jesus. Libra We are confident in Him. Before He was Messiah, before He was Savior, He was and is the Word. Libra akandus katababashada. Who has no beginning, who has no end. Omega Lebrada Ikando Shadaba Bandura Ikatamaraba Shandaba Rokomanda Shadadaba. We've come, O Lord, to listen and get wisdom from the one who holds the water, the seas in the hands, palm of his hands, who's weighed the hills and mountains in his scales and the dust of the earth on a span. We've come, O God to transact and hear from the one whose thoughts are more than the grains of sand on the on the earth towards us that is high and we cannot attain we do not understand nor can we comprehend oh lord but we know oh god that the importance of hearing from you because we know 
that is we can hear from you but we we may not even have the honor the respect we can be like Cain God so we pray father we pray yes we want to hear from you but we also want your honor we also want your regard we also want your respect Libra kabadoshkatai, Librandoskata, Jada ikada barabata, Manda ikadashkotai, Librando shede de boshkata, Zibrata babando shega bando shande ketete, Rabashadaba shadaba kataraba shandaba. We've gone to exhort Maka labradi katahi, Maka who dwells between the Caribbean, Shekatata Makara, he who walks upon the wind of the wind lebra katamara but the will within the will shegai daba mando shaka daba de baraba shatai labrande kete tete bobo shada baba the one who has no beginning the one who has no end labrande kete the one who inhabits heaven who inhabits eternity and has placed eternity in our hearts manda labra kadaba shadai Mando kutai labra sikete teba makabarabasha zikando skatai labrada dibashanda daba makapapa roko so spirit of revelation spirit of truth Lord rabashada dabasha we say oh God we place a demand that we hear your word Lord madabarabasha if there's anything within us oh Lord that will be blocking your word Lord burn it out spirit of living God burn it up purge it let us hear your word Lord God but we don't just hearken to it let it be a doing word oh God librando shkata labakota a doing word oh Lord librakada bashanda rabashitete rabakata barabashada in the season of bukur oh God makada bashada baroboshkata it's important for us to hear from you hear correctly mandakata you desire kononya you desire to know you libra ikatamala baba for you said your sheep know your voice oh lord mande kadababa rakata and another we will not listen to yedaba shadabala boshkata labrande kita roba shakadabada bashide de bush libra takalaba shandadababa robando shabalabra spirit of the living god spirit of wisdom spirit of revelation makadaba fill this place Fill this place, touch us, Lord. The light upon us, O God. Librandashkata, O Basha Baba, stir the waters within us, O Lord. Rabashiki Tabarababa, Makabala Baba, for we are like trees planted besides living waters. Libra Ikabada, and we meditate on your. We meditate on your law day and night. Libra ikab, and we know God that in due season we will produce fruit, and our leaves will never wither. Our leaves will never wither. Shedaba katabandi bashkatai, labratando shadai, zikababando shekata labrababa sikete librokoto. So we come to engage, O Lord. Open us up. Libra didactically speak to us by your word. Reveal 
reveal hidden mysteries of God, reveal the veil, remove the veil, remove the veil, illuminate our understanding. For your word is like a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. It is more than the scripture, it's more than solar scriptura. You said, Oh God, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but it is me of whom they speak about labra so we want to engage and we want to transact with the living god the living christ ah the messiah libra akala shadabaka he who holds the keys to life and death Mandakababa, the author and finisher of our faith teach us O lord Teach us, write your laws in our hearts. Libra da katarabasha, manda yada bashidaba, roko da bashata babando shadababa, Libranda la bashadaba babada la bashitete de bobosha, Librandi kitada bashadababa, Okababa da bradas katalabraba, Ah, Sheka Ikona Marabashada Dada Labratakoro Kutanda Shadai Gadai. Ah, in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to continue to pray. than ever before. The topic for today's quorum is how to hear from God. We're continuing the series. And tonight, before we get into it, I want us to pull differently on God. This is part six and there is a um, tendency to become complacent, I think is the word I'm looking for. Like we're on part six, so, so you know, we're used to it. Let's just hear what is continuing this journey that we're on. But <clears throat> what I feel this evening is I'm going to speak differently and I need you to be sensitive to hear me. We want to hear from you. 
Oh God. Father God, the one true God. God, speak. God, speak. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Speak to our souls. We need to hear from you. We need to hear from you. Oh God. Oh God. I don't know about you, but I can't live a life whereby I can't hear clearly from God. I'll be confused. <laughs> Like many of us in this house, we have literally abandoned it, abandoned it all. We've thrown our plans out the window when we are following the plans of God. And to follow those plans and to not get de moved off track, we need to hear clearly. So this evening, put a different expectation on God. Call on him differently tonight. We do not want to hear from a man, but God, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Father God, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you, oh God. Father, we draw on you tonight. <laughs> we draw on you tonight. Because we know, God, we will not lead the same. A touch from you will leave us transformed. God, we do not want to leave the same. So God, touch. In their homes, God, touch. In the embassy, God, touch. In their cars, God, touch. God, touch us this evening. Transform, renew, restore this evening. Hmm. Hearing from you, hearing from you clearly can not only transform, does not only heal, 
but it also restores I hear the words restoration I hear the words restoration 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 and I believe that what God is saying to somebody today is the lessons that you will learn this evening will help to restore broken pictures or, or questions that you have, that you've been asking me. Because you previously didn't hear me correctly, you made decisions that broke certain things in your life but tonight based on the application of the teachings that you would hear I'll restore that's what I hear for somebody this evening And also something that I hear is this, that similar to the word we heard on, on, on Sunday, that sometimes when, when God's word is coming to you and it's wanting to maybe correct you, um, we can sometimes, because it maybe sometimes it's not very comfortable, we can want to dismiss it or, or, or try and make excuses or, or cover up and say, maybe that's not that's not necessarily accurate or that's not right but uh, one thing that the Holy Spirit is having me tell you this evening that every word that is going to be spoken today is from me and the challenge that is going to be on yourself is to accept that as the word of God. To accept God at his word. Whether that contradicts to your philosophies, whether that contradicts to how you go about things, whether that contradicts to how you believe things should go. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. Father, we're ready to accept you this evening. We're ready to be restored by you this evening. God, we're ready for you. We worship you, Spirit of the living God. We worship you, Spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on us this evening. Restore us, transform us this evening.
Spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on us. Spirit of We hail you. We worship you. We hail you, most high. We hail you, we worship you, we hail you, most high. Lord, tonight we give you glory. We hail you. We worship you. We adore you. We magnify your name. We magnify your name. Unto the King eternal. Unto the reigning King. Unto the Lord Almighty. Be blessing and glory and honor and power forever and ever 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 world without end of the increase of your kingdom and government let there be no end for now and forever we belong to you for now and forever we belong to you speak tonight Lord not just a word of teaching of impartation speak a migrational word that migrates us from here to wherever there is in your will birth destinies reconfigure realities east cola heal bodies renew minds do what only you can do father we release the ministration of the angelic tonight take all praise in jesus name we pray somebody clap your hands together 
for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God is in the house. And so are we. Somebody say, we here. We out here. Wheeling and dealing in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Good to see you, everybody. Welcome to the quorum. Oh, Shavari Prokorimbra Aste Breketilada. Welcome to the quorum on a Wednesday night. My name is Israel. Um, I am so excited to be here with you to dip into the word of the Lord. Y'all are probably bored of hearing it by now, but it's the honor and privilege of my life to lead this amazing house and umbrella of initiatives. Just bring the keys down just a little bit, Tony. Uh, called Kingdom Culture Movement. It's it's a cruise liner. Uh, a bit further down. It's a cruise liner with so many different parts um, and people that make it work. And I'm just grateful that I get to serve with them. I am proud of them. Uh, they make me and everybody else who stands here look a whole lot better than we actually are in and of ourselves. Um, I was, it's a prayer I pray on a regular basis, but I was just praying it this past, uh, things to come down significantly more. Um, I was just praying it this past morning and saying, Lord, these guys put in so much that just for their sake, <laughs> uh, we need to fulfill all that God has ordained us to. Good to see you, Padge, my brother, Reverend Shegun Alalade from God's city called Mina. Amen. The Champions Assembly, where champions are birthed, raised, and born. Um, and everybody out here tonight, Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tilayo. Let's get into the word of the Lord, shall we? Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Someone say, let's get it. <laughs> Pardon, sorry? No, no, I will invite you back. You know, you know me, I like, I like people who, uh, I like people who are passionate about God. I don't, I don't subscribe to the, to the wet fish school of ministry. Uh, I believe that if one person is going to stand up here and preach all night long, that it is the rest that everybody else can do to, um, to be lit. <laughs> to be lit in the Holy Ghost. All righty. Let's go. Part six, how to hear from God. My girlfriend says I'm looking good. Yes. Mission accomplished. That's the only, uh, that's the only compliment. Bella, we lit out here. We lit in the Holy Ghost. And no high like the most high. Amen. Move aside coke, move aside weed. Amen. I have, I have an incense. It's not sage. 
and it's not Mary J. But it will put you on fleek. Amen. And you don't need to puff and pass this one. Everybody around the circle can puff the Holy Ghost at the same time. Amen. And if you know, then you know. Right, so part six, how to hear from God. Um, tonight, I'm just going to get straight to the word of the Lord. Um, usually, I like to give a recap of the last week, last few weeks. Um, ain't, no God, ain't no time for that tonight because God is up to all sorts. So come with me to the text that we have been in for the last couple of weeks on this series. Uh, by the way, last week, in place of a live uh, a live broadcast, we had a special rebroadcast from uh, a previous, not quorum, a previous other broadcast. If you didn't catch it, if you thought, well, it's not live, please go and listen to it. It was called The Principles of Bakar. It is extremely, uh, an extremely prophetic or important prophetic uh, piece of the curriculum for those of us who believe that we are walking into a season uh, of the brightness of our rising and it will be a roadmap for you in that regard. All right, so come with me to Habakkuk, or as some people like to say, Habakkuk, chapter 2. We've been in this scripture now for the last three weeks. Um, if you want to learn how to interact with the voice of the Lord, you need to be in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 over and over again till it starts to come out of your ears till you go beyond the letter into the spirit of the word the bible says i will someone say i will now i i should say this today that the last five the first five first four parts of this series we were dealing with the context last week we began to go into the actual uh the actual, mm, help me out, English here, my first language. The actual teeth and meat of how this thing called hearing God works. Um, and I, I was asking myself, shouldn't we just go straight and deal with this, then come back and give the context? But, you know, I was, I was worried that some people would just run off, you know, and, and get into all kinds of error in the spirit. And hearing the voice of God is a dangerous thing because if you do it incorrectly, there are other Elohims that would not mind speaking to you. So we needed to establish the context from Scripture so that when we began to deal with the actual process, uh, you are grounded. Somebody say you are grounded. So now I must warn you that starting today, we're diving up the deep end. Amen. We're about to go deep. And so if you haven't listened to the last uh, five part of this series there's a playlist description or the playlist in the description of this video please as soon as we're done today make plans to start to listen to them amen they will keep you from a whole lot of trouble listen to me the the, the, the spirit realm and transacting therein is not a joke there are many things that will like to meet you if you don't come correct all right so let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2 Back to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. So the Bible says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he'll say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. 
For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, it, someone say it, not me, it, shall speak and not lie. Colon, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Verse 4, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. God bless the reading of his word now and forever. Alrighty, so two weeks ago we dealt with verse 4, which was the just shall live by his faith. We pulled faith apart because, as I said to you, in the issues of con con conducting transactions or transacting in the spirit, the concept of faith is important. It's ratio plus locus. Remember? Ratio descendi, locus standi. It's both your right to have a say and the basis upon which you have a say. It's important because the Bible says if we prophesy, we prophesy by faith. It says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith towards faith. And so we dealt with that, the concept and the place of faith and your standing in the spirit to acknowledge or to receive or con connect with the voice of God. Last week, I began to explain that for the believer, hearing God's voice is not special. It is different from the prophetic. There is a, there's an overlap. In essence, hearing God's voice, you can argue, is prophetic 101. But the part of the prophetic that is related to hearing God's voice is the birthright of every believer. The same way it's the birthright of every child to be able to listen and hear. In fact, the sign or the absence of the faculty of clear hearing in a child is a sign something is wrong. And if you are a Christian and you are not able to hear God's voice. Now notice, we, you'll find out by the time tonight and next week is done, that for many of you, it's not that you can't hear, it's that you either don't recognize what you are hearing, or your hearing is being distracted by other factors. But when we've gone through all that, if you are unable to make connection with the voice of God, either you're not saved, <laughs> or there is something very wrong, the same way you can have physical illness and mental illness. Trust me, hear me. The Bible talks about being sanctified holy, body, soul, spirit. You have physical illnesses. You have mental illnesses. You can have a spiritual illness. But it is an abnormality. Are you hearing me by the spirit? Okay. Now, um, having said that, let's... Let's look at how this thing really works. And so let's go to verse 1 of Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 1 of Habakkuk chapter 2. The Bible says, I will. Somebody say, I will. One more time, somebody say, I will. Every time you see the words, I will in scripture. 
the Bible is making the point that this issue is a function of the will. I need you to hear me clearly. Also, um, let's make this clear. And I say this with all humility, understanding, sorry, I'm emotional thinking about this, understanding that this is a privileged office of trust. There's nothing special about me. Tony, if, if, if you took God's hand off my life, I wouldn't be the kind of guy you'd even have any, 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 any iota of time for. All that I am came from him. All that I have came from him, and all that I will be will come from him. All that I know he taught me. But this young boy talking to you has a very privileged office in the body of Christ in his generation. And it is to be amongst others, so I'm not the only one with this assignment, but there's a breed that God has raised in my days of those who can truly marry the word and the spirit. Not everybody can. Everybody claims to. Not everybody can. There are those who are gifted with the ability to establish doctrine in the body of Christ. And then there are those who are gifted with the ability to manifest and demonstrate that doctrine, especially as it relates to the supernatural. There are fewer with both. You are humbly listening to the voice of one such one. Nothing I am talking about is a textbook for me. Tony, this is my everyday life. I'm showing you the... I could have come here and said, this is how you hear God. Problem is, there would have been no difference between that and a witch doctor teaching you how to connect with, with the spirit. The reason for the scriptural foundation is so that one, you're sure it's scriptural, but secondly, so that you can follow the same pattern to decode other issues yourself. But please don't take this as a, as a lecture from the intellect. This is real. It works. And this humble boy you're listening to is proof, as many of you can attest to. And when this guy says God said something, he said it, right, Tony? To God's grace, I think I'm batting a hundred so far in my public ministry. I know his voice, and this is how it works. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Chrissy, let's go there. By the way, we've got Chrissy uh, in the virtual studio with us. Thank you so much, daughter. I will stand upon my watch. Someone say, I will. It is a function of the will. The same way the Bible says, I will speak in I will pray in an unknown tongue, and I'll pray in my own understanding. It means, Teliah, that the capacity to connect to the voice of God is an act of the will. You can make up your mind that right now, I want to connect in the spirit for whatever may come back. And that's important because it means you, it's not a chance encounter. You don't have to wait for supernatural stirrings, as many of us do. Many of us who hear God once in, once in forever. 
John says in the book of Revelations chapter 4, he says, I looked and I saw. I will. It is a function of the will. Now, whether or not he has anything to say to you is a function of his will. And as we talked about last week, he's a king. He's not a messenger. But we also looked at three weeks ago, the Bible says, once I have spoken twice, once he spoke, once I've spoken, once he's spoken twice, have I heard. In essence, God can speak. Remember, we talked about the fact that when God speaks, the voice of God is not for information. It is for what? It is for creation or better yet, transportation of a reality from the realm of the divine to the earth realm. Are you listening to me, somebody? When God talks, it's because there is something he wants. The Bible says the worlds, the seasons, the ages of time are framed by the word of God. So you, you want to hear God's voice to make you feel happier because you want to know who to marry. God speaks to establish reality. Having spoken, that speaking can echo. You can, God can speak once, we established this, right? And you can be hearing it for a decade. And that's speaking, so he spoke about your life, Tilayo, from the foundations of time. You can spend the rest of your life decoding what he said. But when he spoke it, it was to establish it as a reality. Having done that, the information you need as to how to engage that reality can be a gradual thing. But you can choose to stand at your watch. And we looked at this two weeks ago. Your watch means your place of assignment. There are things God only speaks to certain people, a.k.a. There are things God will only say to Kadesh's father. If I am in my office as Kadesh's father today, I get to hear. I, I conceived Kadesh with his mother, but if I don't stand, and we saw the word stand means to be consciously engaged and assume a posture consistent with an office, right? So, I will stand. Someone say, I will stand. And half the time, the enemy's agenda is to distract, frustrate, or attack you from standing in your watch. Many times your inability to hear from God is because Satan has either distracted, frustrated, or directly attacked you from assuming the office or ordination consistent with the area God wants to speak to you about. There's days God cannot speak to me as a prophet because I am not in that day standing in that office. I may be distracted with trying to buy my wife some flowers, you know, take her on a date. I may be dealing with administrative issues in the ministry I lead. I may be counseling somebody going through an issue. So when God wants to talk about the United Kingdom or the nations of the earth, he needs Israel to stand in the watch of the apostle. And then we can talk. Now notice 
it says, my watch. But the next verse says, and set me upon the tower. So, Talayo, I have a watch at God's tower. It means there are other people who also have a watch at the tower. It's a shift. And this is why the Bible says we all know in part and prophesy in part. And so the, the second thing you must understand about this is you are a dangerous person if you are hearing God outside the place of divine community. If you are a lone ranger that is not correctly co-joined to the body of Christ, you're dangerous. And so for many of us, God has shut down that faculty until we can say, I'll stand at my watch at the tower. Meaning somebody else had a watch before me. Whatever it is God is speaking to me about must be framed within the wider picture of what he's saying to the body and especially the area of the body to which he has connected me. Are you, are, are you here so far? The third thing it says is, and I will watch. We looked at this last week. I'll watch to see. If I don't watch, I don't see. There is a component of hearing from God, Talia, that is connected to my expectation to hear from him, which is why we dealt with faith two weeks ago. In essence, if I don't believe I can hear God, I most likely won't. Which is why the Bible says to be anxious for nothing. But in all things, with prayer and supplication, thanksgiving and supplication, make your request known to him and let the peace of God guard you. In essence, let the peace of God settle the fact that your father will talk to you. you, you there, there almost has to be an assumption before you, in essence, there must be an intentional belief. Are you hearing me by the Spirit, somebody? The other thing to see there is, it says, to see what he will say. Someone say to see. Not to hear. And we looked at the word see. It means to receive sensory impute. Because... Remember, God doesn't speak English or French or Spanish or Yoruba. What does he speak? Spirit. You know, the, uh, you know, the words of the song of my little brother, I speak spirit. I don't speak English. I speak life. I speak life. Theo, wherever you got that song from, don't leave that place. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you are spirit and... Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there. Shapra kunan Thank you, Holy Spirit. John 6, verse believe we're headed towards the end of that chapter somewhere in the 50s or the 60s if i'm not mistaken john chapter 6 verse verse 6 
63. There we go. Let's, let, let's pull this apart together, shall we? It is the spirit that does what? Quicking. Someone say quickings. So what does the spirit do? Every time the spirit is, in, is, in, is applied, what happens? There's a quickening. Let's look at what the word quicken means. Stay with me tonight, guys. We're about to bust this right open. About to, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make sure we enter with the word. I'm, I'm in a rush, but I, I, I want to make sure we enter safely, but enter well in the word, yes. This is where the rubber hits the road. My, my people will say this is the cocoa of the horror, of the horror of the matter. Aha. Now, quickeneth in the Greek is the word zupoyo. From two words, zoo, from which you get zoology, right? And poyo. Opoyo, opoye, whatever. Now, it means to produce alive, to beget, or to bear a living young. So, in essence, to create life. Someone say create life. To, have to create an offspring. The second thing it means is to cause to live or to make alive. By a spiritual power to arouse and invigorate. To restore to life or to give an increase, in a sense, to give more life. Are you there? So, let's summarize that. Number one, someone say to produce an offspring. Number two, say to make alive. Number three, say to increase life. So, in essence... Either there's something that must be, in essence, a new life must be created from the parent life, or there is a corpse, a dead thing that has to be animated or reanimated. In essence, something exists, but it's dead, it's being given life. Or thirdly, it already has life, and we need to increase the dimension or the order of life. Jesus says in John 6, the spirit quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I say unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He says the spirit gives life. The words I'm speaking unto you, he didn't say they contain spirit. He says they are spirit and they are life. In essence, the language I am using is nearly or, or merely a necessary container for the content I'm trying to pass across. Spirits speak spirit. Hear me? But whenever a spirit connects with the human realm, it creates either a quickening or a killing. The Bible tells us that the diablos, the enemy, the devil, comes and he only has one effect whenever he comes. It is stealing, killing, and destroying. 
in essence, the opposite of what Jesus communicated here. When he shows up, his interactions steal life, they terminate it, or they mash it up. Notice those are the exact opposites of the three definitions of life, of quickening we just read. What's the first definition? To make something, to birth a child, an offspring. That corresponds to killing. Or sorry, or to, so to, to killing, right? The second was to animate something, to give it life. That corresponds to destroying. The third was to increase the level of dimension of life. That corresponds to stealing. So, how does a spirit speak to you? The answer is simple. The effect it has on your spirit is either a quickening or a deadening. That is the base, that's the alphabet of the spirit. Someone say the alphabet of the spirit. Are you with me tonight? The alphabet of the spirit is quickenings or deadenings. What do you mean by alphabet, sir? When a child starts to speak, no child starts speaking. If a baby comes out the womb and by three months it, you, you go to the baby's room and the first words are, Oh, thou magnificent mother of mine, my gastric juices are rumbling. Um, do you have any finely cut steak? Someone say, Bija. How do babies start to talk? Is that child talking when they're crying? They are. Because it is the same vocal cords that construct Queen's English that produce the wah. Secondly, it is the same parts of the child's brain that go into saying Mommy, I want to wee when they're old enough. That going to crying when they feel pressed, when they can't talk. The difference is the development of the ability of language and intentional communication. So, a baby talks to you by sounds and by facial expressions. And discerning mothers... And fathers, because people, keep, people don't realize that, you know, not every man is irresponsible. The men of kingdom culture, as far as I'm aware, are all amazing fathers. And I say that with a great sense of fatherly pride for them. A good mom or dad can also talk back to that baby with facial expressions and sounds. The alphabet of the spirit somebody say quickenings someone say deadenings when a spirit communicates with you it will primarily occur as a quickening in your spirit or a deadening in your spirit anything further from that is a function of development God can be in this room and say 
the exact same thing to me and a brand new Christian. I may have a vision. All they will say, does this sound familiar? Like Elizabeth, is my baby leaped. Many of you have been hearing God for the longest time. You don't just know. Because the voice of God at its core is a pulse of life. Tony, the voice of God at its core is a pulse of life or a withdrawal of life. It is an excitation of your spirit or a de-excitation of your spirit. That is the language in the spirit. It's a burst of spirit and life or lack thereof. Which is what, it, in essence, God is depositing the reality of what he's talking about, what he's creating by that word in your spirit. It takes your spirit time and skill to decode it in a language that your mind can understand. Which is one of the reasons the Bible tells you to renew your mind. It is to upgrade it to the realm where it can interpret the pulses of the spirit better, quicker, and clearer. Are you with me, somebody? Somebody say life. I am speaking English, Jesus is saying, but the English is a cover, a container, sorry, for Numa and Zoe. Let's go back to Habakkuk 2. I'll stand on my watch and I will watch to see. I got one here, thank you. To see what he will say to me. In essence, I will tune my radio to the frequency to see what electromagnetic signal will come. And when it comes, I have to see what he is saying. My spirit has to upload that pulse of life or the removal of life as intelligent communication. And that takes skill and time. Write this down. The voice of God sounds like spontaneous pulses of inspiration that settle on the screen of my heart. I came up with it from the foundation of something I heard or read someone write in a book years ago. 
they said the voice of God is spontaneous thoughts that alight on my mind. I believe that is incomplete. But that statement was the beginning of my drilling down into this because I wanted to know if they were correct. So I went to scripture and I found out they were correct, but they were incomplete. Because it is not always a thought. A thought is in itself a dimension of training. You need a dimension of training for the voice of God to just arrive as thoughts. It at its core arrives as a pulse of inspiration. And that inspiration can show up as a thought, as a picture, as an emotion, as a knowing, as an excitement, or a foreboding. In essence, you just know that you know something. You may not even know what it is that you know. God can speak to you in the morning and it takes you to the evening to figure out what he said. But there is a pulse of spiritual inspiration. Have you ever just felt something? You don't know why, you just feel uncomfortable. You wake up in the morning and there is this lack, there's this discomfort that you can't shift. That's an example of a spiritual pulse. Sometimes it's a thought. And this is how you know you were not to, okay, if I start saying, hmm, I wonder what Elias is doing today, then I start to think and I 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 think. Then tell me that I say, hmm, maybe she's somewhere getting drunk. God forbid. That can't be God's voice. Because I have, I have logically and systematically thought through that process. But if I'm just walking down the street, thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner, and the thought just hit me. I hope Delilah is not drinking right now. God forbid. Or a picture of her with a mega pint. Again, God forbid. It'll never happen. That's why I'm using the example. That is a candidate to be God's voice. May not be. It's a candidate. In essence, there is a spontaneous flow of inspiration that I did not seek out. Now, sometimes when you, when you grow in it, you can seek it out and wait for it to come and trust that you are not cooking it up. But I'm just saying, it's a pulse, it's a, it's a flash, it's a beam. And like Elijah taught us, when he stood at his watch, when he wrapped himself in his mantle, it's not in the fire, the earthquake, or the wind. Many times, these are the ways God gets your attention. It's in a still, small. Remember? Still talks about tone. Small talks about volume. For many of us, the voice of God is background noise. You are not hearing it. Because there are other things that are too loud in the way. 
it is there. It is, it, is, it is at a subterraneous level. It is not so much that you can't hear God. It is that you are, your ears are too bombarded in the spirit by other voices. And remember, Hebrews 1, the scripture we started the series on, there are many voices in the world. Many. And none are without significance. Even inanimate objects are talking. The Bible says the blood of Aaron, of Abel, sorry, is crying out to God. Are you hearing me, somebody? God, the Bible says, Jesus answered the fig tree. Answered. It means it spoke first. If you ever wonder why Jesus was so harsh to it, it said something. Of course, it didn't speak in English. Because hear me, even circumstances can be speaking from the Spirit. So you don't judge what you're hearing by the presence or absence of language. You judge it by the pulse of life that is added or the quickening that is added or subtracted. What effect does this thing have on your spirit? Are you hearing me by the spirit, somebody? Thank you, Holy Ghost. And this is why this generation is the least equipped in history as of today. But by the time we're done, there's several of us that God is raising around the world. And not all of us are pastors. By the time we're done with this generation, we'll be the most equipped to hear God in history. But right now, we're the least equipped. You know why? Because this generation has lost the ability to lie to home in on the inner workings of our spirits. Unbelievers do this all the time. They call it yoga. They call it transcendental, transcendental meditation. They call it Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism. What do most of these religions have in common, especially the ancient, eastern, oriental religions? They focus on something called ki or chi. Some call it key, some call it chi, right? What's key or chi in English? Well, it's a life energy. They, that's what they call a life energy. Because that is a demonic gateway to understand the same principle. Which is why I had to come in with scripture. Because I can't have you going in that direction. And so to pre protect you, Tony from falling into demonic traps, God says, don't learn to discern, quote and unquote, chi or ki. Learn to discern me as the Holy Spirit. See, the difference between the supernatural in the Christian faith 
and all the demonic counterfeits is simple. We have a guide called Ruach HaKadosh. They don't. God says, I don't want you learning about these things in none of themselves. Learn about me. Right? Let my spirit be your connection into this realm. So in essence, I can discern the pulse of life or taking thereof based on the Holy Spirit in me. If he's grieved, it means life is leaving. If he leaps, it means life is coming. So I have a safety net called the Holy Spirit. And my, the, the, my dealings with him and my learning him, who is the safe one, protects me from the demonic excesses of this dimension. But the technology is the same. When a spirit speaks to you, it speaks by spontaneous inspiration that will manifest as a sight, a knowing, a quickening or a grieving, an emotion or a series of spontaneous thoughts. And these are so faint, especially when you start that verse 2. Let's go to verse 2, Chrissy. Verse 2 then says, write that vision and make it plain. Because there is work to do to develop the clarity of the spontaneous flow of inspiration that you receive. The more adept you get when you've been walking with God as long as some people have, you can do it intuitively. Now, when God begins to speak to me, my mind has been renewed long enough and it's still increasing. You know, God told me a few days ago, he said, son, you know that prophetically you've been at the same level for a while. I say, yeah. Oh, for those of you who were at the press yesterday, now you know where I was, I was, I was coming from. God said, son, you do know that it's been a few years since your prophetic technology upgraded. I said, ah, it's true. Right? Here I am feeling like a local champion when there are realms yet untapped. But even at this level God was rebuking me about being satisfied with, it can now happen almost instantaneously. The difference of time between the pulse and the upload of intelligent information for me now can be seconds. It used to be days, then days became hours, then hours became minutes, now it's seconds. However, there is a process to write the vision. What vision? Not see, we say, this, we say things like, uh, you know, write the vision, make it plain, meaning write the vision for your ministry, for your organization. That's true, assuming that vision came as a voice of God. So, if the vision of your organization was a word from the Lord, oh, yes, by all means, write it and make it plain. However, if it was you concocting your own desires, you can write it all you want. That's not what the Bible is talking about. Now, let's look at the word write to see what the word write means. 
Chris, let's go back there. Write the vision. What does it mean? In essence, what vision, what you, quote-unquote, saw. Remember, it doesn't mean it was a physical picture. Any means of perception in the spirit comes under this word. The word write is the word katab. It means to record or inscribe or engrave. Somebody say engrave. Someone say engrave. To tattoo. Engrave. In essence, engrave the vision. Let's look at the word vision. It's the word hazon or kazon. What does kazon mean? A vision, listen, in ecstatic state. In essence, a spiritual experience. Oracle, prophecy, divine communication. A sight. Look now, look at that. Look at that word in the definition. A sight. What's the word in, in brackets? Mentally. Someone say mentally. So, where does the vision show up? In your mind. Someone say your mind. And this is where many of you miss it. You're waiting for God to slap you and go into a trance. Does that happen sometimes? Yes. Even the best of prophets in history did not have a trance every day. If any man shows up and tells you that every day Jesus appears to him every day, every day he goes into a trance, run. Because the Bible does not say so. Hello? How many ecstatic experiences does the Bible record for Jesus? One was um, at the Jordan when he was baptized, right? Another one was with Satan in the wilderness. Notice that came after 40 days. We'll talk about that later in the series. That there are practices that prime you for spiritual interaction. If you eat everything, anyhow, anywhere, you and God's voice can't be friends. Are you hearing me by the Spirit? I see some so-called prophets, and I just know, I just know that this guy can't be a prophet. Hear me, I've, I've been doing this a while. I used to be the head of protocol in my church. I, it was a job I did for a few months I was a pastor, the existing head of protocol uh, was going through some issues, and so I was assigned to lead. So, um, and we had two or three major conferences in that year, right? And we had guest speakers. And I told my pastor, Tilayo, I said, sir, I know this person is your friend, though. This man is dodgy. So what do you mean? I said, there's something not right here. We landed from the plane. At the airport, he said he was hungry. That's fine. We understand. It's been a long flight. We got something to eat. We got to the hotel. You know, and you know, sometimes, you know, the summit is, you know, we're just talking to some of our guests for the summit this year, today. You guys will be pleasantly and excitedly surprised. Um, 
Sometimes hospitality can spoil the anointing. Till I, we arrived, and the people who were cooking came with pounded yam and a goosey and a big basket of fruits. And man of God, <clears throat> I said, okay, no problem. He, he must be extra hungry. When I knew there was a problem, Tilaya was. Service started at 7. At 7.30, I came to his room. Man of God said, wait. Just give me a few moments. And went back to the cooler they left in his room. For another round of pounded yam and egusi. Listen, listen. And another round of fruit. That was not my problem. My problem was, MOG went to the altar that day and entered the spirit and began to prophesy. And the prophecies were seemingly accurate. In essence, what he was seeing was correct. I knew we had a problem. I said, okay, I said, well, you know what, maybe the guy fasted for a whole week and, you know, he must be very, you know, his spiritual senses are elevated. And I said, maybe he's been fasting all week and he was breaking that night and so he was just hungry. Conference lasted four days. Man of God preached for the next three. And each of the next three days was the same. Food, 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 food. One hour before we went to the pulpit, pounded yam, rice, chicken, went to the pulpit and was still seen in the spirit. I said, sir, I told my pastor, I said, there's something wrong here. Lo and behold, the truth came out down the line. There was something wrong there. MOG was consulting with strange spiritual altars. Somebody asked me, how did you know? Well, first of all, did God tell me? Yes, because I took my concerns back to God. And he told me, you're right. But the initial suspicion was simple. How are you decoding pulses from the spirit when your transmitter is being affected by carnal factors? The same thing with entertainment. You sit and you watch neighbors. In, so I'm, I'm dating myself. Neighbors in the morning, Emmerdale in the afternoon, Rory in the evening, Big Brother, this, that, Beyonce's concerts, concert, Kiniko, Kiniko, Bekele, Bekele. And then you spent three weeks dousing your, your transmitter in all sorts of oil. And then you're sharp? No, no, no. You're not getting, in essence, your transmitter is plugged into the wrong heaven. But notice, even the Jesus, right? Look throughout scripture. The men who had extra... <laughs> Mommy, I did <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> um, okay, let's, we're, we're, we're online. Let's behave ourselves. Because I think Mommy may suspect who I'm talking about. Mommy may know who, who it is I'm referring to. Um, you go through scripture. Good to see you, ma'am. You know, Mommy and I go way back. Way, way, way back. Mommy knew me before I became Rev. Um... <laughs> the men who had ecstatic experiences had them 
few and far between most times. And there was usually, in Moses for instance, you may have the opinion Moses was seeing, Bible says God spoke to him face to face, true. However, when he said, show me your glory, God says you have to prepare. Meaning this face to face was not the full ecstatic dimension. Are you hearing me? It was after Exodus 33, the Bible would then say he would put his tent outside and the glory of God would come physically. But what happened in Exodus 33, he and Israel went on a fast to repent before God. And God responded to that journey of consecration. Hint, hint, this is why we go on journeys of consecration in kingdom culture with an experience of the glory of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? Those are the exception. The norm is that pulse will be filtered through your mind. In essence, God will use the languages and the points of reference that mean something to you. Which is why you have an assignment to renew your mind and guard your mind. Otherwise, it will pollute what God is saying to you. God is speaking to the vast majority of Christians. We either don't know what to look for, or there are too many competing pulses that we need to get rid of. So the Bible says to write, inscribe, to katab that vision, the kazon, right, on a table. In the Old Testament, it was a table of stone, like Moses wrote the Ten Commandments on. The New Testament says it is the tables of our hearts. Someone say our hearts. So who writes the vision? Who writes it? you please let's go back because Habakkuk said the Lord answered me and said you Habakkuk write katab the vision the kazon and make it plain let's look at the word phrase make it plain the entire phrase make it plain right is the word ba'ar which means to make clear or distinct. Listen, to dig by analogy, to engrave, figuratively to explain. There is a faculty that resides in you that translates that flow of inspiration into intelligent information on your heart. Again, your mind and your heart. What's your heart from scripture? Leb, your suki, your soul, your, your, your subconscious man. That he that reads it, let's look at the word read. Readeth. 
It's the word kara. Someone say kara. To call out, to recite, to proclaim, to utter, to summon, to invite, to call. Right? A primitive root through the idea of accosting a person, to call out to, to invite innocence. So, again, who's reading? Is it God doing the reading? No. So look at this, Chrissy. There are three or four elements here. One is a quickening or a flow of inspiration, right? The other is a reception of that flow. The third is a writing, meaning an engraving of the inspiration on your heart, your mind, right? The fourth is a making it plain, in essence, a transcribing it. Of those four processes, how many of them are God's responsibility? One, which is to send the pulse. The other three are all almost subconscious and they reside in the faculty of the human recipient. It's like riding a bicycle. I can train you to ride it. After a while, you forget your riding. Chrissy, you drive, right? When you were learning to drive, it seems like, oh boy, what do I, uh, like, oh Lord, uh, pedal, gear. It was, you know, sometimes you're like, ah! Chrissy, has, has there been a day where you left, the, you left home planning to go somewhere, the sat-nav took you through somewhere you knew, and you subconsciously ended up somewhere else by accident. At that point, it's become subconscious. Your, your brain, in essence, you don't, re, you don't remember that you're changing the gear anymore. You don't remember your look, in essence, it's become a subconscious reality. You just wake up and find out, where, where am I? Oh, I, I was planning to go to church and I'm at home. It's the same thing when hearing God's voice. It's like riding a bicycle, driving a car. These last three elements can become subconscious. They can become second nature. But in the early days, they must be learned. Pulse, reception, writing, making plain. Pulse, reception, writing, make it plain. And yes, physical writing helps. That's why journaling, right? If you've ever, if you're, if you're a prophet, you know this. God said a sentence to you. You started writing it and you ended up with a, with a page or a paragraph. Sorry, a paragraph, a page, or a chapter. Because the process of writing, it, it, writing on a piece of paper taps into the same faculty of the mind where it starts to unpack that pulse. But you don't need to write on paper for this to happen. So the Bible would say about a prophet like Ezekiel or Daniel, as I pondered on the vision, I saw something. I felt something. I, I, I received a download in the spirit. As I began to ponder on it, it began to unravel in a good way. 
Now, like I said, when you get to the stage of maturity, this Chris, let's go back to the to the to the verse. This can happen pretty much subconsciously. But when you're starting out, it takes extreme levels of training and initiation. And this is why many people never get to hear God clearly. Because they don't want to spend the time and energy and some cases disappointment in paying their dues. Mm. There is an extremely onerous investment of prayer, consecration, and word meditation it takes to learn to ride this bicycle the first time. And there are times you will get it wrong. You will believe you heard something that you did not. So the Bible says you should submit. <laughs> it says, let the prophet speak by two or three and let another judge. So when a new believer starts hearing God, there are times where he will be sure he was correct. You know why? Because remember that flow of inspiration, where does it end up? In your heart. The problem is there are other voices in your heart. That's why I always laugh whenever a person comes and tells me that the, fir the first major time they hear God's voice is about who to marry. You're a liar. It's not God. It's your lost. It's your speck talking. Because your speck can talk. Your subconscious idolatry of a mate, what that mate should look like, can talk. Your ego can talk. Your desires can talk. Hear me. Your pain and your trauma can talk. And they will all sound like God. You know why? All of them end up in the same projector called your heart, your mind. And so in the early days, it takes a while to filter. And even as you grow, Remember Uncle Samuel? When God told him to anoint a king for the first time, who did God send him to anoint? Saul. What did Saul look like? He was taller than everybody in Israel by at least a shoulder. He was handsome, and he was a man of war. He looked like a king. He looked the part, and he, he fought the part, right? When God told him to go to Bethlehem to anoint a second king, when he got to Jesse's house, the Bible says Eliab came out. And Samuel said in his heart, the Bible says, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. The prophet, the greatest prophet of his era, quote unquote, misheard God. Why? Because his speck of a king spoke. This is Saul all over again. This is what I'm used to. In essence, see, if he was sure, it meant there was a pulse. Because your own desires can give you a pulse. The devil can give you a pulse. When people say, oh, I just have peace. The enemy can give you peace about something. Your, 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 your carnal heart can give you peace about something. Your cultural experiences can give you peace about something. And so it takes time and continual consecration. 
And this is what I've learned, Chrissy. If I can't point to a recent time, a.k.a. that morning, when in the presence of God, there was a download in my spirit. I don't trust any upload that comes during the course of the day. I'm not saying it can't be God. I just I don't trust it. Because the purest filter for the pulse from God is that it comes from his presence. Remember? Because if you now go to verse 4 or 3, let's go back to Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 4 says, His soul which is lifted up is not upright. Let's look at the phrase lifted up, first of all. Lifted up is the word afal. It means to swell, to show heedlessness, to be puffed, to presume. In essence, if your soul has been, and what lifted up here talks about idolatry to a degree. In essence, if there is idolatry in your heart, if, you're, you're, if you are presuming, if you're the kind of person who, I'll give you an example. Um, I've told this story before, and I never get tired of telling it because it's, uh, it's a very interesting story. So years ago, <laughs> in the city of Nottingham, there was a young man who, he, he wasn't a member of our church, he just used to attend. Someone say attend. Pastors, you need to know who attends. The fact that, see, listen, the fact that somebody attends your service doesn't mean you should be attending to them. And I'll leave you there. May the God of glory grant you insight and understanding. So I want to say amen. Anyway, so he came to me and said I needed to pray for him. <laughs> Uh, I said, I need to pray for you. He said, no, 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 I mean, please pray for me. I said, okay, because I was like, who are you to tell me that I need to pray for you? <laughs> what was the prayer point? He didn't have a job. I said, okay, that's scriptural. The Bible says that he that does not work should not eat, right? So that's scriptural. I said, okay, yeah, sure, I can pray. Because um, leaders, you need to understand that um, not every prayer point is godly. Because somebody asks you to pray for them doesn't mean because you can, I've learned by experience with God rebuking me, Tony, that you can commit God to do something he didn't want to do. He will do it, but he will judge you for it. Mm. That's why this hearing from God thing is key. Anyway. So we prayed. By the way, praise report. Um... Family of our sister, Mayan, who we've been praying for, got in touch with me this week. She's healed. Can we give God glory? The same doctors who wrote a report saying metastasized malignant tumor, meaning it has spread, came back and said, doesn't make sense, but there's no malignancy in this tumor. Somebody give God glory. 
and the same God who heard you when you prayed for her healing will hear you every time you cry out to him for help and raise people to pray for you in Jesus' name. Anyway, we prayed. You know, and God hears me when I pray. I just, you know, he just is amazing to me. He just hears me when I pray. Two weeks later, this young man walks into my office. And he says, Pastor, you won't believe it. I said, try me. I'm a believer. He says, you won't believe. I said, try me. He said, guess what God did? I said, he gave you a job. He said, he gave me two. I said, amen. So I said, so. So he told me two jobs, you know. I said, I told you the story, right? So one, that's a guy who hadn't had a job for months. As of 2011 or 12, one job was for 30-something thousand pounds a year for a guy who was not too long out of university. That was good money back then. And the other job was for 40-something thousand pounds a year. So I made the mistake of my life. So I said, so have you asked God which of the two jobs he wants you to take? This was the answer I got. And I'm going to do my best to match his accent. Say, ah, pastor, pray. For what now? I said, to know, you know, now that God has given you options, you need to... He said, ah, pastor, one job is 30-something. The other job is 40-something. Listen, has God not spoken already? My spirit wept. You know why? His God had spoken. It was called money. And hear me by the spirit. It will sound exactly the same way in your spirit as the voice of Yahweh. If you're a prophetic person, you will hear it the same way. The same sensation. You may even have a dream about it. That's why we tell those of you who fall in love. Pray one day for every year you intend to be married. Remember? My rule of thumb. It's not, it's not hard and fast, but in general. If you're 30, you want to be you want to live till you're 90. Means you're gonna be married 60 years, roughly, right? Go and pray for 60 days. Why? And don't pray for 60 days on the phone for five hours a day. Shut down every other voice of idolatry or desire or passion or preference. Give, yeah, because he, remember I told you he's a king. You're the one in the rush. Chrissy, remember our, our joke, the immortals have time. The immortals have time. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart meaning you must first have <sighs> let me use the language of my brother Reverend Austin dash God your heart just give it to him so Lord before you even speak about anything let it be known that my life be, my desires are filtered through you 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 have you already have control, influence, calibration and regulation of my emotional faculties. And how do you know this is the case? 
God will begin to tell you no to things that are not important. In essence, God will restrain you from things that there seems to be no sensible reason to restrain you from. It's a test. Can I stop you from something you want? Because he knows a day will come where he needs to restrain you from something that may kill you or destroy your life. Are you hearing me? You wake up in the morning and God will say, don't wear that shirt. And it will come as a pulse. A, a, you just won't feel comfortable wearing the shirt. Is, is, is the color of shirt you wear important? No. How many of you have been there where God seems to be training you about things that don't make sense? Don't do this. Don't do that. Do this. And you're wondering, is this a demon? He's calibrating your heart. Are you with me? He's finding out who runs this ship. Trust in the Lord with all. It means be convinced that his will, his timing, and his ways are good enough for you. Then it says in all. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't mix God's voice and your common sense. Mm -mm. You're better off leaving God out of a matter. Just tell yourself, I believe, I want to do. Don't, 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 no, no, they don't mix. Because your own understanding is going to come from a place again of desire, experience, trauma, pain, preference. And then listen, Tony, it says, in all your ways. Don't, uh, don't ask me about what job to take, but don't be interested in where to live. Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not your average pastor, so I can say these things. Um, thank God for the office to which he's called me. You know, we have... We have senior pastors in kingdom culture now. There are many, we have many senior pastors. You know, a senior pastor is not the man who runs the organization. A senior pastor is the man who seniorly does the pastoring. So we have senior pastors in kingdom culture. I mean, I'm not a pastor anymore, so I don't care. If you guys notice that I'm, I'm easy these days. Why will God not tell you to leave a church when you have not surrendered your sense of ego and offense to him in your younger days. So, the same God told you to leave four churches in four years. You don't realize there's, 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 there's a God talking to you that is not Yahweh. <laughs> because in all your ways, you have not acknowledged him. There are areas of your life he has not been given the, the, the ability to recalibrate your emotional response. And now that there's a life or death decision to make, you're used to hearing your pain and your offense. Hello? That's why people will come and tell you God told them to get divorced. Was there abuse? No. Was there sexual uh, 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 immorality? No. But God, a bishop in the Lord's church, 
and this has happened several times over the last 20 years, a bishop will stand up on church on a Sunday morning and say that God told him that for the next level of ministry, his wife is not compatible, that she's not spiritually equipped to handle what God wants to do. <laughs> Let me say like another friend of mine, he said that Jehovah, that's the way this friend, Jehovah said. Jehovah said. And you know the truth? He's not lying fully. His, idol, his soul has been lifted up to something. So God cannot be trusted to direct his path because he is not he has not quarantined his solical reality to God. And this is where the issue of our see remember we started the quorum last year 16th of June right Tony what was our first few months alignment because you cannot trust what you are hearing if you are not aligned. You cannot trust what you are hearing if you are not aligned. Paul says, if even an angel were to appear to you with another doctrinal presentation, don't receive him. For even Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Mm. so when you begin your journey God will train you he will start with a quiet time he says sit down here for an hour and pray and after 15 minutes you are bored you know why some of us can pray 4 hours and not be bored because it's an interactive process we are seeing, we are hearing, we are sensing, we are feeling and even when it hasn't come because we know it will come we can wait we can push, we can speak in tongues, we can pray, we can worship because we're used to something being dropped. If you're not used to it, it feels like a waste of your time. But in the beginning, he won't drop it quickly. Why? Well, he's training you. Will, will, will you make up something so you can go? Will, will you receive something from yourself? Are you hearing me? Oh, I'm, I'm the only one who's been there before. We've all done it before, haven't we? That's why he says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. Claire, he wasn't talking about just the matters of your life. He meant the pulses of spiritual inspiration. He said, guard your heart without diligence because when a spirit speaks, that pulse of life or death will come through that heart. So calibrate it correctly. For instance, calibrate it with the word of God so nothing can come through it that violates the word of God. And that's why if God wants to help you, he will start speaking to you through scripture. Have you read a Bible verse and just known 
you can't explain it. You're reading the Bible, it was going well, and then you reach this verse and something just grabbed your spirit by the throat. See, that's a safe way to start. It's the same principle. It's a flow of inspiration, but God is sending it through a safe container. So when he starts sending it by, without sending to the Bible, your spirit has already been calibrated to know this is the kind of energy signal God gives when he speaks. Then like Samuel, he'll start talking through the voice of your Eli. And I don't, I don't mean a deaf or blind one. Not all Eli's are deaf and blind. The Bible says when God called Samuel, Samuel went three times to Eli's room. Why? Eli wasn't the only one in that house. Hophni, see, this was the temple, Shiloh, for the place of priests. Hophni and Phineas were there. There were other people there. Why? God sounded like Eli. Samuel said the third time, surely you called me. He says, I heard something and it was your voice. The Bible says Eli then discerned that it was the Lord speaking to the boy. So what's the second way God will do? He will talk to you through trusted voices. Your pastor will preach and in that sermon, there will be a statement he will say that will grab you by the spirit. There will be a quickening. So, there will just be a knowing. Someone say a knowing. That's how it starts. And you need help in the early days to discern between what is the knowing from God and what is the knowing from your idolatry. But over time, God moves from scripture to trusted voices to the Bible says about Samuel. It says, and the Lord appeared to him again as before by the word of the Lord. But this time, it wasn't in Eli's voice. See, the word of the Lord came unto him, and then his word, Samuel, came unto all Israel. Prior to that, it says the child grew. So there was, God began to work with Samuel over, and see, hear me, it takes, listen, now, I said this in the past, um, in this United Kingdom, and I was called an old prophet. I'm not 50 yet, but I was called an old prophet. And this was 12 years ago, Tony. So if I was an old prophet 12 years ago, you know, it's interesting. Um, I seem to live in between two realities. Half of the people in my life think I'm too young, and the other half think I'm too old. I, you know, so some people are waiting for me to be 60 before I'm not too young. They, they said I was young when I was 20. They said I was young when I was 30. Now they're saying I'm young. When I'm 50, I'm sure I'll still be young. But then there's some other people who think I'm old. They thought I was old when I was 20. They think I thought I was old. I'm like, help me out, somebody. <laughs> Pardon? Make it make sense. But I said something 12 years ago, and I was mocked by a generation. And hear me. The Bible says there's a generation that has no respect for their fathers. And it's a curse. And I said, it takes 15 to 25 years to build the office of a prophet or an apostle. And they said, I was, see, I told you guys, people have been calling me Apostle Israel, Apostle Israel, Apostle Lumide, since 2005. I've been, I've been going to places to preach since 2005. And I've been introduced, there have been flyers of me without my permission that said Apostle. 
I only started accepting that title two years, two years ago. Because God, no, was it three years ago? Because God said to me, he says, now, in my estimation, you have completed the requirement. And even in the apostolic, there are levels. There are people who their apostolicity and mine are not on the same level, though. I'm still a child. I'm growing. I said it takes 15 to 25 years to establish an apostolic or prophetic office. And a bunch of gifted and anointed, but young and misguided ministers. They didn't just not agree with me. Some of them took to social media to attack me. And people were sending me the attacks. And I smiled. I said, let them keep living. You know why? It takes 25, 25 years. Because Tony, it takes, in my opinion, from my experience and observing people, including scripture, it takes 10 years to establish a trustworthy cadence to hearing God's voice. 10. Preacher, where did you get your scripture from? Oh, scripture, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at some of the prophetic voices in scripture, shall we? When did it come into Moses' heart that he should be deliverer of the Jews? The Bible said it came into his heart. Right? When he was 40. When he killed the Egyptian. That was God speaking to him. That's how God speaks to babies. It came into his what? Heart. That's the pulse of life I'm talking about. Jesus at 12. Bible says he was in the temple. When his parents asked him, he says, did you not know that I should be about my father's business? David at 16, 17, when Samuel anointed him. Joseph at 17, when he had his dreams. Again, these are examples of God speaking to babies in the faith by the pulse, the ABC. The language, the knowing, right? A spiritual discerning that something is God's will. When next did we see Moses? He was how old? 80. How many years is that? 40. When, what happens at 40? God now talks to him from a bush. 40 years ago, it came into his heart. 40 years later, God says the same thing in clear English. It took him 40 years. Joseph, 17 years old, he has a dream. That's another dimension of God speaking to you. And that's the one that every believer has access to. No believer can say, I can't hear God because everybody can sleep and dream. The problem is you will grow through life and you get to stages in your life where you can't always afford to sleep. You can't keep saying, give me, give me Valium, let me sleep and hear God. Who am I talking to? Some people are like, God, let me sleep. No, there are times you need to hear God while awake. But the sleep thing, <laughs> the sleep thing is the, is the leveler at 30 was when he became prime minister. Two years before was when he was in the cell with the butler and the baker. And that's the first time the Bible gives us 
a clear explanation of Joseph here. Now, he saw, the, he saw the sun, moon, and stars. There was no element of time. There was no element of detail. Just, I'm going to be great. I'm going to have dominion in the heavens, and the earth is going to bow to me. At 28, two years before the palace, he hears the dreams of a butler and a baker. And they all they tell him are we, you know, bread, cup, birds, whatever. And he can decode it with clarity. In three days, you're going to be restored. You're going to die. How many years in between? 17 to 28 is how many years? Someone say 11. Someone say 11. Someone say 11. Someone say 11. We see Jesus 12. He's answering and asking questions. When's the next time we see him? At 30. What happens at 30? God speaks. This is my beloved son. How many years for Jesus? 18. How many years for Joseph? 17 to 28. How many years? 11. How many years for... Who's the first person I called? How many years for Joseph, Jesus, somebody else I mentioned? Pardon? Moses. How many years for Moses? 40. Are you hearing me, somebody? When did God call Abraham? When he was 25, 75, sorry, right? When was Isaac born? When he was 100. When did God appear to him at Mamre? The year before Isaac was born, when he was 99. Prior to that, when did he have his first clear conversation with God? It was when Lot left. Bible said the Lord had said, we don't know how he had said it, but then when Lot had left, God tells him, in essence, that's the first clear-cut English communication. You do the calculation, according to history, it was anywhere between 8 and 12 to 15 years. So it takes time for God to build the cadre of clear interaction. 10 years on average. Some people do it faster. I'm, I'm, I, I, said on, I said on average. Now, to then graduate from being able to trust your hearing of God in all circumstances, to standing in public and saying you are a prophet or an apostle. How many of you know that's another training? Okay. So, some of the same people that were laughing then, I'm sure life has taught them now that there are errors you can make thinking you're hearing God because it takes time. It's a language and it must be developed. So stand with me tonight as we begin to close. I want to pray. Let's pray. You're going to say, Lord, train me to discern and decode the speakings of your spirit. Open your mouth and pray. Say, God, train me to download, to decode first. Discern, discern, download, and decode. To discern, to download, and to decode. The dealings of your spirit. That the spontaneous flow of inspiration that is lit on the tables of my heart, help me to posture myself 
Help me to filter myself and to orient myself. The Bible would say men set their hearts to seek the Lord. It's a radio dial. You have to set your heart to seek what the Lord. Habakkuk says, I stood at my watch. Or I will stand at my watch and I will watch to see. I will find my place in my purpose and in the will of God for my life. My soul will not be lifted up. I will trust with you with all my heart. In all my ways, I will acknowledge you. I will no longer lean on my own understanding. I won't, I won't, I won't start making plans, Tony, and then say God spoke. Mm. I believe God said something to me recently that's very crazy. My wife knows what I'm talking about. I'll share the testimony with you guys when it's done. If it's God, it's mind-blowing. And when I, believe, when I thought I was hearing God, and I believe I did, we'll see. I'm, I'm testing it. All sorts of ideas and plans began to form. I said, no, 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 this is a trap. This is a trap. This cannot be from God if I'm starting to figure it out. So I said, Lord, let's put my plans aside and my calculations if this is you speak outside my permutations and my combinations and part of that will be that you will give me an instruction on how to approach this and I believe he did but he first Tony had to remove because what he was speaking about was something I wanted so you know how long it took him to remove the idolatry? A year. 12 months, almost to the exact week. 12 months after I believe he said something the first time. Right? When I had died to it. When I walked away from it. He said, oh, you know that thing I spoke about? Okay, let's talk. Father, raise a generation of those who can and will hear your voice in spirit and in truth who possess our vessels with purity and become voices and echoes of your divine oracles in our days guide us lead us teach us to hear you first for personal life and guidance before we try start trying to hear you to be oracles and mouthpieces we give you glory honor and praise now and forever in jesus name somebody put your hands together oh glory 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 all right a couple of things real quick um first of all if you want to give and you should want to give because it's biblical the details will be on your screen uh we there's a lot going on in casey right now and God is up to all sorts of good. And to those of you who are regular givers, tithers, partners, and things of that nature, we just want to say we love you. We appreciate you. And I am in this season. I was praying this morning, and I was like, God, I said, God, you need to blow some minds in this season. Let me keep quiet. Let me keep. I don't want to jinx it. I won't jinx it. But I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, some 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 huge stuffs coming your way. Stretch your hands. Stretch your hands. If you are a financial interactor with this house, you tithe, you give, you're a partner, whatever, lift your hands. 
Father, you know what we spoke about this morning. What do you put on my spirit? Release it now, Lord. Another dimension. You can trust us to be aligned in its application. And so we, we're inviting you to give to several of our projects, our media project, our, our orphanage project, uh, our building fund, um, whatever the Lord lays on your heart, the details are on your screen. Uh, secondly, this weekend is quite, uh, it's going to be off the chain in this His house. So I'm going to say in the His house. In the His house. So first of all, first things first, on Saturday uh, will be, the first, I can't believe this is the first, no, is it, this is the first School of Ministry and Leadership Mentoring Day, isn't it? Um, and the focus is the local church. If you don't know, we are coming out the ark. We are reestablishing our local missions bases, our physical local missions bases in the month of November. I'm going to come to that in a second. Uh, and God would have us look this Saturday through his pattern of what the local church should look like. The local church has gotten a bad name, uh, but it is God's bride. <laughs> and yes, the ecclesia, people say, oh, we're talking about the ecclesia, not the, not, not, the, not the church. Well, the ecclesia itself from scripture was, was uh, manifested as local expressions. And so as we begin the journey of replanting uh, our missions bases, and to every other church ministry out there who wants to understand what the pattern for the local church should be, especially in our day, uh, this Saturday is the day for you. Make time, spread the word. As usual, it will be live uh, via all our platforms. Uh, and we will be broadcasting from the studio here in London at the London Embassy. And so if you can get down here, if you want the details, just Casey, let me put that in the in the and put the banner up. Send an email to contact at kculture.org if you want to be a part of the live studio audience, uh, and God will be glorified. Uh, also on Sunday, uh, we have the General Assembly. Now, there's been something funny going on the last few months. Every time we have the G up north, a hotel has a problem. There's a flood. There's a staff a staff uh, strike or shortage. So I'm not really sure what's going on, but. We might need to move our General Assembly location again, which is why we need our own properties. No more hiring venues. The now come, Chrissy. The time has come. And so there is a possibility that we may be having the General Assembly in Sheffield. Uh, so please stay tuned. We will let you know over the next few days where as soon as possible. But it will be in the north, in either the cities of Sheffield or Nottingham. Uh, and we'll give you the details. And it's a time of ingathering where we come together physically. No clusters, no home sales, no coffee shops. We all come to one place and we just lift up the name of the Lord in worship, in prayer, and in the supernatural. And finally, mark your date. Somebody say mark your date. The 15th to the 20th of November. Kingdom Culture Summit 2022. Who's excited? 15th to 20th of November. Kingdom Culture Summit 2022. God is up to all sorts. Somebody say all sorts. And we will see the glory of the Lord and his goodness 
in the land of the living. Looking forward to it. Uh, we'll be announcing who our guests are over the next few weeks um, and the details. Uh, it'll start on a Tuesday. It will end on a Sunday. Somebody say fiesta. Somebody say jamboree. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it will be the final transaction in our journey to come out of the ark. And we're trusting God for an outpouring of his spirit, but also of his goodness and his grace. So put those dates in your diary. Uh, watch this space. Uh, our prayer watches are all live and operational as usual. The morning drops of glory. We, every day we have three prayer meetings in our prayer culture apostolic hub. Can we give God a shout of praise? Uh, we just hit 150 subscribers in our prayer culture uh, YouTube channel literally today. Uh, I'm so excited to see a generation just just pressing after God. And somebody say, well, 150, hey. The Bible says, though your beginning be small, your latter end shall what? Greatly increase. It says to despise not. No, we've got about a thousand and a half subscribers on our main, on our kingdom culture channel. But to see 150 people around the world who are passionate about prayer and, and every day over the last month or so we've had a new subscriber at least one new subscriber i've been watching you know and i'm just looking forward to an explosion very soon we'll have 150,000 and more where we can have two four seven around the clock prayer but at the moment we're starting with three prayer meetings a day 6 30 in the morning we start with morning drops of glory and prayer culture is a non-denominational apostolic God. We have pastors and leaders from other churches who are part of its internal structure. Uh, and then in the afternoon at noon, uh, noon UK, these are all UK times, we have the, uh, the gap where we intercede and we pray for nations. In the evenings at 7 p.m. UK time, we have the altar, which is a time of personal consecration and of revival prayer, but also praying for God to meet needs. And twice a week, I have the privilege of leading the press, which is a time of consecration and of pursuit and hunger for God on Tuesdays and Fridays. We had one last night. It was amazing. The next one will be on Friday. So if you haven't uh, subscribed to both YouTube and uh, Telegram and, and on Prayer Culture, do so now. It's been an amazing time in the presence of God tonight, everybody. Love you. We bless you. We send you off. May the voice of God invade your life this week. May it cause your cows to hind, break the wilderness or shake the wilderness of Kadesh, break the cedars of Lebanon, and in his temple may everyone speak of his glory. Bless you. See you next week at the Quorum and see you this weekend at both the GA, the General Assembly and the School of Ministry and Mentorship Lead Ministry and Leadership Mentoring Day. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye.